This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, my friends, today we have an interesting class. It's about judging other people favorably. And one of the, this is one of the biggest problems of life. We're dealing with other people. Uh, sometimes we have upsets. I just want to describe to you a case that happened to me yesterday. I went to see someone, and he was complaining about his rent going up. Because, you know, the, the interest rates went up, and then all the mortgages went up. So all the landlords have paid big mortgages, so they raised the rents. So he was cursing the government. He wanted to curse the government. He was really in a bad mood. I said, please don't curse the government. You want to curse someone? There's, there's many bad people in the world you can curse, but don't curse the Israeli government. So, you know, so we have to give everyone the benefits. You, you know what they did to me? They raised the interest rates. Okay, but there's inflation. There's other things. Anyway, the price of houses are going down in Israel. Why? Because uh, the builders can't sell their buildings. People can't afford it. The interest rates are too high. Mortgage is too high. Let's see what happens. Anyway, that's just a classic example of judging other people favorably, not going crazy and cursing, which we're going to talk about tonight. So judge your fellow man or woman favorably. And there's a lovely few stories I want to talk. One, I want a story I just read today, amazing story. Um, it's about a photographer, right? So someone calls up their friend. They tell me we have a wedding coming. Do you know a good photographer? They says, oh, this guy's the best. This guy, you call him, he's the best. He's, I've always had good experiences with this person. And the friend said, no, but I heard that just last week he had a wedding and he showed up halfway through the wedding. He missed half the wedding. And they're very upset. So the guy says, listen, he said, I don't know. I've got to find out. I can't believe it. I can't believe the story is true. So yes, I have a first-hand account. The musician told me the photographer came halfway through the wedding. Okay, I'm not going to use it, he says. Okay, so the guy says, listen, i got to speak to this photographer. Because I've never experienced anything bad with this photographer. He's always been on time. He's always been perfect, punctual, reliable. And so it just happens. He met the photographer the next day. He says, Tommy, he says, what happened that wedding last week? Why did you come late? So the photographer says, you know why I came late? Because they called me halfway through the wedding and said, emergency, our photographer didn't show up. Can you come? And I dropped everything and I ran to the wedding and I got there halfway through the wedding. So I was doing them a favor. Can you imagine? Think about this. I'm doing them a favor and they're bad-mouthing me now. It wasn't them directly. It was the musician and others who saw the photographer come late. They didn't know the whole story. They didn't know he was filling in for someone else. So they really thought that the photographer is going to do this every time. Can you imagine? Horrible, horrible. So this guy told the photographer, the photographer didn't start crying. He said, I did them a favor. I came. Emergency, I ran, I gave up my dinner, I gave up my wife, I gave this, I gave rent to do the wedding to start with. And they're blaming me and they're bad mouthing me. This is terrible. This is this is a curse. This is one of the curses. This is a curse that we sometimes cause our own curse. It's a terrible thing. So I want to talk about tonight is try and give other people the benefit of the doubt. We don't know this whole story. There's another half of the story that we don't know. There's a beautiful book that you can get. It's called The Other Side of the Story. It's by Yehudis Summit. So if you can get this, it's published uh, by, uh, who's this? Art Scroll, of course, Art Scroll, Masora Publications, The Other Side of the Story. Amazing book. And if you read that book, you read it a few times, you'll, you'll start giving other people the benefit of the doubt. So there's a few people that you especially have to give a benefit of them. I'm going to go through all this. So number one, where is this based on? So it's based on, the answer is based, this is based on Parashat Kedoshim. This idea of giving people the benefit of the doubt is based mainly 
on Parshat Kedoshim. Parshat Kedoshim is really smack in the middle of the Torah. It's right in the middle in terms of the verses of the Torah. So Parshat Kedoshim, Hashem says to Moshe, he said, be holy because I am holy. Okay, this is hard. Hashem really raised the bar on us. He says, you be holy because I am holy. You know, every time I, I do Kedusha and the bed, I say, well, hopefully, whenever I remember, do Kedusha, Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. What do you think of when you say Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh? And the answer is we go up on our, on our tiptoes. Kadosh, 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 I want to be holy like you, Hashem. Pull me up to you, Hashem. I want to be as holy as you. That's, when a person says Kadosh, Kadosh, we want to be holy. We have to try and be holy. How does a person become holy? And the parasha gives us some signposts. I'm going to go through the signposts. I'm going to paraphrase these signposts. You can look it up yourself. This is in uh, Vayikra, chapter 19, Leviticus, chapter 19, the book of uh, Parashat Hashim. You can look up all these signposts, all these advice, all these laws that Torah gives us to learn how to be holy. The first one is interesting. It says, every person should respect your father and mother. Isn't that amazing? How do you, how you become holy? Every person respect your father and mother. Now, what does it entail? Respect, what does it entail? And the answer is obedience. Respect means obedience. So why is obedience to one's parents a key to holiness? Because sometimes we have to hear the word no. Who is the one who tells us <laughs> the word no in our lives? Who is the one who rebukes us the most in our lives? By the way, it doesn't help today. My little grandson, uh, if you rebuke the kid, he does more. He does it deliberately to spite you. So you have to say, I want to give you a hug. I love you. What a great, great you know, everything's positive today. It's positive reinforcement. But who gives the person today positive reinforcement? Parents. The parents are the ones who are guiding the child. So the first mitzvah we have to be holy is to respect your parents. Why? If you listen to your parents and you follow their opinions and, you, and their yes is a yes and their no is a no, then you're more likely to be closer to God. You're more likely to listen to God's commandments. If you can listen to your parents' commandments. That's the first conditioning we have as children. Who conditions us? Our parents. Hopefully our parents are giving good advice. Our parents are giving a good example. That's not one of the key is good example. So it's interesting. The road to holiness starts at an early age respecting one's parents and listening to one's parents. And you think they're wrong. Sometimes they're right. You think they're wrong. They're probably right. Okay, so that's very important. Okay, holy, be holy. Listen to your parents. You have to learn how to take, listen to authority. That's number one. Number two. Would you like to keep all the money you have, all the money you earn? And the Torah tells us, what does it say? It says, it tells you to give tzedakah, right? It says, when you reap the harvest of your field, you should not complete your reaping in the corner of your field. Leave it for the poor, leave it for the poor. I know you worked hard, the Torah said, you worked hard, you, you harvested your whole field, but don't harvest the whole thing. Leave a piece of the field unharvested for the poor. Okay, this is number two. Signpost for, for holiness and spirituality is you want to keep your money here. Yeah, you keep most of it. You keep a lot of it. You keep 90%. But don't forget the poor. Don't forget their portion. Don't forget to help other people. That's very quick. That's number two. Number three. The worker has finished his day's work. In those days, people worked from day to day. They didn't know where tomorrow's salary is going to come from. The Torah says, when the worker finishes working, pay him on time. Pay him before sunset. The, the day labor has to be paid before sunset. Today, person is paid, hopefully on time, every 30 days, whatever it is, every end of the month, beginning of the month, whatever it is, 
keep to the schedule on the contract. That's a mitzvah from the Torah. Imagine. The Torah says, pay a worker on time. You want to be holy? Look after your workers. Number four, are you annoyed with someone? What's the case where the Torah tells us to be annoyed? Uh, this is amazing. The Torah says, don't curse a judge. Don't curse people in authority. Right? Don't curse them. Why? Because you curse them and you're, you're really cursing your leaders, you're cursing your advisors, you're cursing people higher than you. So don't curse them. Don't, if you're annoyed at someone, don't curse them. Very, very important advice. Number five, and this is a phrase in an amazing way. The phrase is, don't put a stumbling block in front of the blind. Don't put a stumbling block in front of the blind. What does that mean? There's three different perishim uh, commentaries on this verse. What does that mean? Number one is literally, you see a blind man, don't trip him up. Number two is, is uh, you don't give bad advice to people. That's really what I want to focus on tonight. Don't give bad advice to people. And uh, that's an amazing thing. They're blind. They want to know. They want to know what to do. Don't give them bad advice. So a person asks you, what should I do? You say, oh, okay, I'm biased. Yeah, well, you've got to tell them I'm biased. But if you don't tell them you're biased, if you give them the wrong advice to benefit yourself, that is tripping someone who's blind up. Don't trip anyone who's blind very important. Number six, do not pervert justice. If you see someone in trouble, someone's life is in danger. Don't stand by your neighbor's blood. Help someone who's in trouble. And number seven, don't steal, don't cheat, don't cause damage with your tongue. Ah, very important. Lashon Hara. And we're going to talk about the cause of Lashon Hara. And uh, this is what we're talking about tonight is uh, continue. I just want to continue and go back. Care about the property as well as reputation of others. Want other people to succeed. Number nine, be careful not to embarrass people, especially in public. Don't spill someone's blood in public. That's spilling someone's blood. His face turns white and spilled his blood from his face. Don't shame someone, embarrass someone in public. Honor the elderly, honor learned wise men. If people can't come through to you when, when you need a favor, don't bear a grudge. And number 11, beware of taking revenge or holding on to concealed hatred. Okay, so fulfilling all these other mitzvot sets us on the road to holiness. These mitzvot set us on the path of holiness, and they're the building blocks of an ideal society for which human beings have been searching for from the beginning of time. Unfortunately, we're not searching for it enough. How to build a perfect society starts with these mitzvot, starting with honoring one's parents, listening to one's parents, uh, paying one wages and time, giving tzedakah, uh, giving good advice, don't pervert justice, help someone who's in trouble, don't steal, don't cheat, don't cause damage, care about other people's property as well as their reputation, and don't cause damage with one's tongue, and don't take revenge on others. Okay, so from all these many uh, mitzvot, these commandments, we'll focus on one. What is the focus on? The Torah tells us a four-part sentence. Let's go through the four-part sentence. Number one, Lo tasu don't do injustice in judgment. That's number one. Don't do injustice in judgment. Number two, Lo don't favor the face of a poor person. Number three, don't favor the face of a rich person. And number four, judge your friends with righteousness. And that's what I want to talk about today.
Judge your friends' righteousness in Vaikra and Leviticus chapter 19, verse 15. You can look it up. It's a four-part sentence, and it's four parts of the sentence we're going to go through right now. Do, do not do any injustice in judgment. How do you do injustice in judgment? Rambam says, don't find the guilty party innocent and the innocent party guilty. Obvious, obvious. Be righteous in judgment. Give the right justice. Okay. Do not favor the poor. What does that mean? The poor man and rich man come to the judge. Uh, and the rich man says, the poor man owes me money. And the judge says, well, that rich man, he's such a stingy guy. Let him lose the case. Let the poor man win. This way, the poor man will get from the rich man and the rich man won't miss it. No, the Torah says, no, you're not allowed to pervert justice, even for the sake of a poor person. Yes, you can help the poor person by giving tzedakah. You know, it's a famous case. This is an amazing case. I don't know if this case is true. Uh, they don't say this about me, but they say about LaGuardia. LaGuardia was the, one of the... Uh, have, he was Jewish uh, from his mother. Um, LaGuardia was the mayor of, of New York City. He was also a judge before that. And the case comes to LaGuardia is the middle of the Great Depression. A terrible case. Middle of the Great Depression. Um, a poor man was caught by the police stealing from the bakery. He was stealing bread from the bakery. Think, think about this case. He's stealing bread from the baker. And the baker catches him and he calls the police and the police put him in the air. They take him away and the court case. LaGuardia is the judge of this court case. The, the, the poor man is caught stealing bread. Imagine. So obviously, what are you going to do? Poor man is stealing bread. What are you going to do? So LaGuardia says, Listen, the poor man is, is guilty of stealing bread. The poor man has to pay the loaf. He has to pay for the loaf. And listen to the next slide. This is amazing. He said, since everyone in this courtroom are part of the society, and there are poor people who can't afford to, to have bread, I find everyone in this courtroom a penny each to pay for the bread of this poor man. Imagine what kind of, you know, justice is justice. The poor man is guilty, okay? But, but apart from that, there's a mitzvah selakah. So everyone in this courtroom, I'm going to make them pay a cent each to pay for this poor man's bread. That's amazing. That's justice. It's also righteous. That's righteousness with justice. So justice is justice. The pay man, the poor man has to pay. He doesn't have any money. Who's going to pay? The rich people of New York. Well, they're not rich, but everyone in the courtroom had to pay a penny, which they could afford to pay for the poor man's bread. That's a beautiful, okay. But do not favor the poor. And it says, do not honor the rich. The person can't say, the judge can't say, this man is rich. How can I put him to shame by ruling against him? Also, he's not allowed to smile at, at one litigant and frown at the other litigant. He's not allowed to say, you sit and you stand. Everyone's going to be judged equally. And number four, and this is the point I want to talk about, judge your fellow person with righteousness. This is amazing. Judge your fellow person with righteousness. So a person says, you know, what's this going to do with me? It's all about judge. Right? He's not talking about a regular person. So, Seprachinok, which is a book of um, education. Sefer was written in middle medieval Spain. We don't know who wrote it. And, uh, some people say it's the Ritfar, one of the great uh, Spanish rabbis. We don't know exactly who wrote it. He wrote it anonymously. I don't blame him. Uh, number one is why when you, when you write something down, it's in your name, and people can start screaming at you and tell you what you write. You know, you don't know what you're talking about. So no one knows who it was. You can't, can't say anything bad about him. We don't know who it was. <laughs> anyway, there's nothing bad to say about it. He wrote a book of education, which is um, a commentary on each week's parasha, the mitzvot of the parasha, not anything else, just the mitzvah and the parasha. So some uh, parasha are longer. It's very advisable to go through this every week. If you can go through it every Shabbat, 
just read the commentaries, commentary on the mitzvah of the parasha. So over here, he gives a commentary on this mitzvah. To judge people with righteousness. So what does he say? He says this mitzvah of judging also includes an individual's mitzvah to judge our fellow person favorably and to interpret their actions and words for good. In other words, including this mitzvah is not just an obligation to judges. That's what we think, you know. Uh, the judges, all on their head, let them judge favorably. No, we are also judges. Unfortunately, we judge our fellow human beings all the time. We judge our fellow human beings. He says this mitzvah is refers not only to courtroom situations, but also to our everyday observations and judgments. We are all in the sense sitting on the just judge's bench. We pass judgment all the time. And like judges at a courtroom are required to judge justly, we are also obligated to judge justly. So this is amazing concept that every single one of us judges others constantly. I have an appointment so-and-so, and so-and-so came late. You know, I'll tell you another story. It's a beautiful story. It says, uh, this lady needed a babysitter. I need to go somewhere tonight, I need a babysitter. She calls up this girl who helped in the past babysitting, and she said, please, can you come tonight? I need a babysitter. Emergency. I need to go somewhere. I need a babysitter. 8 p.m. tonight. I have to go somewhere. Please, emergency. And the girl said, sure, I'll come. Right? So the lady's waiting, waiting, waiting. 8 o'clock, 8.05, 8 8.10, 8.15. She calls up the, the girl's number. It's busy. And she calls back again. and calls back again. So she gets through. And the mother picks up the phone. And uh, she says, what happened? I called this girl. I called your daughter for a babysitting. And the mother says, Oh, you're the one who called. You didn't leave us any details. You didn't leave your name or your number or your, or your address. <laughs> so can you imagine, she's waiting for the babysitter. It was her fault. She thought the babysitter, you know, babysitter is irresponsible, unreliable. But really, it was her fault. Why? Because she didn't give any details of who she was. How the babysitter going to come to an invisible woman who's, who, you know, uh, no name, no number, no nothing. So it's her fault that she's blaming the babysitter. In her mind, she's blaming the babysitter. You know, she's late, irresponsible, unreliable. So these are things that happen all the time. These are things that happen. We are guilty of judging others unfavorably many times. You know, this is, we never offer excuses only for ourselves. So instead of offering excuses for ourselves, try and find excuses for others as well. We're going to talk about more in detail. But these are very critical observations that we ourselves judge other people. We are like judges, and that's why Sefer says, judge your friends with setting with righteousness. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Very, very critical, very hard to do. And wouldn't it be better if no one ever judged anyone? Yeah, of course, that's the best. So who is included in this mitzvah? So Rashi says, judge your friends in the side of merit favorably. So uh, the answer, okay, Rashi's used the word friend. Now it's interesting, the Torah says, Amitecha, your people. Judge your people favorably. Rashi says, not just your people, your friend. It's going to be someone who is friendly towards you, that you're, you're in a possibility of judging him favorably. Not someone who's a, a murderer or a cheat or a crook. It's all about regular people. You're friendly with normally. Now, there's three types of people like that. This is basically like Marim Brachot Yutet. One says in page uh, 19, if a person is known to be virtuous, three, three types of people. Number one, first type of person, if a person is known normally to be virtuous, good person, God-fearing person, 
and we've known them for a long time, and we've seen them behaving so nicely, so well, and all of a sudden you see them in a certain situation, you think, what is he doing? What are they doing? You have to judge that person favorably. Even if they did trip up, the Gemara says, they will probably do Teshuvah that same night. They're not going to sleep without doing Teshuvah. So this happened to me. I was a rabbi in Vancouver uh, many, many years ago, like light years ago, right? And this, and, uh, you know, I was walking down the street. Okay, I don't think anything about it. I saw one lady who was with us to shul. Didn't think anything about it. Okay. So what happens is, a few days later on Shabbat, she comes to me, she says, Rabbi, she says, yes, what can I do for you? She says, I'm sure you saw me coming out of McDonald's. I didn't pay attention to anyone coming out of McDonald's. But she's telling me, I'm sure you paid, you paid attention. I came out of McDonald's, but I want to tell you, I wanted to use the bathroom. I went to use the bathroom. I was stuck. So, listen, I didn't even think about her. I didn't pay attention, but that's the problem. The problem is we can judge people very badly. This is a nice girl, a lovely girl. Show me Shabbat, show me Kashru, show me everything. And she's telling me she went to McDonald's. And what would have I thought if I went, <laughs> went to McDonald's? I have to give her the benefit of the doubt. That's the first case scenario is someone is a good person. Normally, they do everything right. Why do you want to suspect them of bad? And the Quran says, even if they did something bad, don't worry, they're going to do Teshuva the same night. Don't suspect them. Don't keep it. Don't harbor it inside you. Okay. Uh, this is one of the first jokes I told. Okay, this is a joke. It's a beautiful joke. The joke is that there's a new rabbi in the shul. And uh, he's walking down the high street and he sees there's a there's a very expensive non-kosher restaurant. Looks through the window and he sees, gosh, it's the president of my shul. He's sitting over there in a restaurant, in a non-kosher restaurant. What am I going to do? So he's pacing up and down. He says, maybe, you know, maybe he's just sitting there. Maybe he's not going to eat. He's just having a meeting over there and he's not going to eat. So he's waiting over there to see what's going to happen. And he sees the, the president ordering, making an order, makes another order. All garbage and eating all the non kosher stuff, and he's relishing it. And he asks for more and more. And the rabbi, is, he doesn't know what to do. It's a new rabbi, he may lose his job. What's he going to do? He's pacing up and down the pavement. And finally, the president finishes his meals, coming out, and he comes outside and he says, Oh, rabbi, nice to see you over here. And the rabbi says, I saw you, I saw you. I said, what do you see, rabbi? So I saw you eating trafe. I also eating the non-kosher food, every single spoonful. And the president says, "Okay, Rabbi." So he's under rabbinical supervision. So yeah, that's a joke. Okay, it's a joke. Don't worry, it's not. Uh, but that's. But we have to judge people favorably. Obviously, depends on the situation. Talking about good people, normally good, very good people. I'll give you another case. This is a true story. It happened to me. My son, unfortunately, his appendix broke. His appendix broke. He didn't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden he says, you know, I'm feeling better. It was bad. And he's in bed. And he's feeling better. Luckily, there was a doctor next door. Uh, one of the doctors in Ashul, Dr. Bishberg, he, a good man. He came over straight away. Pressed his stomach. He says, take him right now to emergency. And it was, it was Simchat Torah. It was Simchat Torah. Take him to emergency. And there's another doctor in the shul. Dr. Abudi, Baruch Hashem, he says, I'm going to hospital anyway. I have to, have to go. I'm, I'm on duty today. I'm on call. I'll take you. So he takes us in the, in the car on Simchat Torah, right, and to, to the hospital. And we go in the hospital. Emergency operation, Baruch Hashem. Went well, Baruch Hashem, Jewish doctor, emergency operation on Simchat Torah. 
and Baruch Hashem, I brought my son, Baruch Hashem, survived Baruch Hashem. Uh, so it's a great story, right? But you know what happened? A week later, someone came to me and says, Rabbi, says, I saw you in the, in the car on, on Sibchat Torah. I was sure you must have been going to hospitals. <laughs> so thank God he judged me favorably, right? He could have said, Rabbi, what are you doing in the car? No, he says, Rabbi, stop sure you in the car. So I said, yeah, you're right, my son, I the emergency. So that's this kind of, we have to judge other people favorably. So I thank him that he judged me favorably and we have to give the benefit of the doubt to other people as well. So that's very, very critical. So first situation is good people. Good people always do good things. And then we see them in one situation. We meant to give the benefit of the doubt. Number two, what about a person whose behavior is inconsistent? Right? He tries to do the, the good thing all the time, but he stumbles, you know, occasionally. Can we justify to evaluate their behavior to the positive? And since he generally makes the effort to do good, we should evaluate positively. So, for example, if his check bounced, happens sometimes, you know, a person's check bounces, it could be there were no funds and he didn't know about it, it could be an error on the bank's part. So it's very important to judge people favorably. Maybe they didn't know, you bought them up, check bounce. Okay, no problem, I'll give you another check. Okay, if the second check bounces, the third check bounces, that's a different story. But if one check bounces, okay, you know, sometimes happens, mistakes happen. So that we also judge favorably. But the third category is a person who is regularly doing something improper. And he, we're not obligated to judge that person favorably. Always doing something wrong, robbing, stealing, cheating, this kind of person, you don't give the benefit of the doubt, you keep far away from. So, that person, you got to warn other people and keep away from it. So, this is important. So, that the Torah says to your people, what about other people? And here we come to a very famous Mishnah in Pirkei Avot, chapter one, Mishnah three, right at the beginning of Pirkei Avot. Rabbi Yoshua ben Parachia, he says, Dan et kol adam kafschut. Give every human being the benefit of the doubt. Not your people, not your people. Give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Why? Because when you give people the benefit of the doubt, you will not get angry. We're going to talk about you will not get angry. You will not speak bad words. You will not, you'll, you'll be able to sleep at night and you'll be able to think good about other people. When you think good about other people, they think good about you. Okay, we're going to talk about that. That's what the Vundagon says that initially. We're going to talk about. So this is. According to Sefer Achinuch, the book of education, it's a mitzvah from the Torah to judge other people favorably, not just for judges, for every regular person. We have to judge other people favorably. It's not just behavior for the extremely pious. It's one of the 613 commandments that we are obligated to judge other people favorably. So every Jew has to judge others favorably. And the positive commandment says the mitzvot halevavot. There's a book called Mitzvot Levavot. The mitzvot of the heart, he says, this mitzvah of judging other people favorably leads to the fulfillment of all the commandments between man and man. Fellow, your fellow person. This is the source, this is the this pivotal mitzvah between all human beings. If you judge other people favorably, it's the pillar on which other mitzvot affecting human relationships stands on. This is the pivotal mitzvah. When we find some redeeming factor which explains another person's disturbing behavior, we will have a better feeling towards them. Suspicion is a roadblock, forcing us to detour into resentment, grudge-bearing, anger, gossip, and slander, and sometimes even hatred and disputes. Remove the roadblock, and you can go straight through to caring, kindness, and peace. 
What a beautiful idea. The roadblock to caring, kindness, and peace is giving other people, judging them very harshly and talking bad about them, hating them, bearing grudges against them, and so it keeps, keeps on getting worse. There's no end to it. That's the trouble. There's no end to it. So the pivotal thing is give other people better for the doubt. You sleep better at night. You, you won't have any hatred in your heart. You won't have any grudges in your heart. Sefer HaChinuch, the Book of Education, tells us the main purpose of the bits of judging favorably is to help to create a peaceful society. Wow, this is amazing. If I judge my neighbors, you know, well, and they judge me well. I had neighbors, you know, I've had some crazy neighbors in my little uh, experience, you know, um, in, in Vancouver, we're living in a duplex. Okay, so it's a duplex, there's two houses stuck together, two flats, two apartments stuck together. And we had young kids who would run around early morning, and they, they were older people who had parties at night. Okay, so they're up till two, three o'clock in the morning. My kids are up at six o'clock in the morning, and the two things don't go well. Boy, they don't go well. Anyway, so what happened, they would play their music really loud, two o'clock in the morning, the, the walls between us are really paper thin, real racket, two, three o'clock in the morning, racket going on. So one day, I didn't, I didn't have the audacity to call the police. I didn't. I, I would never do that. It's just asking for trouble. <laughs> so one day, my cousin was visiting, slept over, he wakes up and he can't take it. Gosh, he calls the cops. He called the police. The neighbors are making a party two, three o'clock in the morning. And he hears through the door, the police knock on the door. They said, okay, put, he put the music down. Your neighbors can't sleep. It's two, two o'clock in the morning. And he hears them saying, look at the audacity. They have kids who wake us up early in the morning so we can have a party to wake them up late at night. So, so situations, anyway, these are situations between people. I'm just giving examples. How to judge other people favorably. You know, they had some kind of uh, grudge against us because our kids woke them up early in the morning. They had hangovers from their parties and they bore a grudge. Okay, I can understand. I can understand because there's two different ways of living and they clash sometimes. You can't, but you can't bear a grudge and say, you know, I hate them. I'm going to burn their house down. You know, that's where people go. That's, that's the way people go today. That's how they are today. They bear grudges and the anger comes out. And you can't, you have to overlook these things. And try and move to the furthest place in the house to sleep away from that wall, right? So, okay, thank God my bedroom was nice close. His bedroom was very close, it was right opposite, right across from the, the neighbors. Okay, anyway, so that leads this mitzvah leads to fulfillment of all the commandments between human beings. Imagine pivotal mitzvah is to give the benefit of the doubt because benefit of the doubt stops the suspicion, resentment, grudge bearing, anger, gossip, and slander and even hatred and disputes. Just give them the benefit of the doubt and just go to sleep at night. So hard. This is so hard. I have a guy who tricked me. He tricked me financially terribly. I mean, and uh, with lawyers, everything. And I don't know. Sometimes, you know, I bear a grudge. I fortunately have this, you know. He, and I went to the big din and it wasn't resolved. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's a terrible situation. What am I going to do? I'm gonna, tell me what I'm going to do. So, you know, there's a, there's a section just before you go to sleep. It's called Kriyat Shema Before going to sleep, you have to say the Shema before going to sleep. And there's a paragraph over there that says, I forgive every single person, whatever they did to me in this whole life. And my whole life and my previous incarnations, you know, we Jews believe in incarnations. And it's very hard to say that. It's very hard to say, I forgive this guy, he tricked me. Uh, big time. And not only that, he, you know, he's like a very religious guy. 
and uh, he comes across very nicely. And anyway, so what am I going to do? Okay, so I just have to go to sleep at night. I just have to get it out of my mind. Get this out of my mind. I still have to go back to the big thing, and it's a bodyguard. Okay, so that's, that's the hard part. How do you judge people favorably when look what they did to you? So sometimes it's very hard. These, these are things that, but again, if you go to the extremes, I'm not going to go to the extremes. I'm not going to go to the extremes, you know, violence and, and thuggery and, and, you know, go to the mafia. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go to the Beit again and try and argue my case and let's hope I get a better resolution next time. But it's very hard. So it's very hard to, this is a very hard case. If someone really wrongs you and you feel like, like this guy is a robber and a crook, how do you judge that person favorably? So you have to think, so I'm trying to think myself, maybe he has a lot of debts or expenses and he was in a situation bind and he, he thought the best way to do is trick a rich American, which of course I'm not. But maybe that's what's going through his head. You know, he sees Americans and uh, coming to Israel. Let's trick the guy. He doesn't need the money. I need the money. He doesn't need the money. I don't know what's going on. But that's that's what the main purpose of the midst of judging favorably is to help create a peaceful society. Amazing, amazing. Removing of one person's false suspicions of another through fair and deliberate judgment is essential for harmonious living. So this mitzvah is the reward is tremendously great. Where do we see this? We talked about two weeks ago, mitzvah payout. There's a, a mitzvah and payout that says these things, you eat the reward in this world and the main part of the reward is in the next world. And one of those things are making peace between fellow men. Making peace between human beings is one of the highest mitzvah. You get rewarded in this world and the next world. Well, this mitzvah of judging other people favorably is in that context of making peace between people and that's why the reward is tremendously great. It's tremendous greatness. The Vildagon says we learn more about the role that judging favorably plays in creating peace. If you have an enemy, there is a proven and tested method of reversing his animosity. How do you reverse your enemy's animosity? Is judge them favorably and your attitude will affect his attitude. And your enmity will dissipate. Can you imagine if you can get along and see the good in the person? That's what I do with my grandson. I see the good of my grandson, and all of a sudden his behavior changes. Oh boy, I made a big mistake. You call him a rascal, boy, he really becomes a rascal. You tell him not to do something, oh, he'll do it. He'll, he'll duff, duff, go do it, he'll do it especially. So the best way is give people the benefit of the doubt. If you smile at them, they'll smile back at you. That's what the Vindagal says. It says in Mishlei, chapter 27, verse 19, as water reflects the face shown to it, so too the heart of one person is reflected to another. If you show a nice face to others, they'll show a nice face to you. So just as water, this is the Vindagal, on this, on this verse in Mishlei, wrote a commentary in Mishlei, he says, just as the water reflects the face of a person peering into it, someone's man's heart reflects another's feelings. We sense what others feel towards us, even if those sentiments remain unexpressed. So this is a very important trait of judging others favorably. Where do we get this from? We get this trait from our forefather, Abraham Avinu, Abraham. And uh, this, the Rakhine Belajan says that the forefathers' traits, Zachut Abot is the Zachut Abot. The, the merit of the forefathers is the purity of the forefathers. What our forefathers worked on we inherited through our DNA. So we will be like our forefathers. So what does that mean? We will be like our forefathers. So great, great case the Torah gives us is the story of Saddam. Saddam 
Sora says, God tells Abraham, I'm going to destroy Sodom. The cries of the poor and the afflicted ones have come to me. I'm going to destroy Sodom. What does Abraham do? Oh, yeah, fine, beautiful, good job, God. Just go ahead and destroy Sodom. And Abraham says, maybe there are some righteous people in Sodom. This tells us a lot about Abraham Abinu. This is what we should do. Maybe there is some good redeeming factors about these people. Now, this is something that you have to be a great person like Abraham to do. He knows Sodom is a bad place. But maybe there are some righteous people who have these, they can save with their merit, they can save the whole city. So that is the greatness of Abraham Abinu. Looking for the good, that's what we should do. Instead of looking for the bad in people, look for the good in the people and try and find something good to talk about. Yeah, okay, I hate the government, I hate the people, I hate this, I hate that. But let's try and find some good to say, something good to say. Thank God. So Gemara says, whatever the government is, the government stops people. If it wasn't for the government and law and order, a person would swallow his neighbor up alive. Hard to think of, right? If it wasn't for law and order, it wasn't for the police, it wasn't for the justice system. A person, however bad it is, whatever it is, obviously there's, there's places where it's terrible because there's no justice at all. I'm not talking about those places. I'm talking about a place, okay, a person had a bad experience with a policeman or with a judge, but, you know, without the police, without the judge, society would fall apart. So we have to, we have to talk about the good things. We have to understand the good things. The Chavitz Chaim tells us, the more we judge favorably, the less Lashon Hara we will speak. This is very important. So this is the key, less Lashon Hara, less Sinat Chinam, less hatred, less Hatred for no reason, which is the reason why our temple was destroyed. This leads us to Tisha B'Av. And this is the reason why our temple was destroyed, because they hated each other. Why did they hate each other? Because they couldn't find anything good to say about each other. They didn't look for good about each other. They wanted to look for bad instead of good. And Rav Shmulevich, the great Moshkiach of Mir Yeshiva, tells us, this was the sin of the spies. A few weeks ago, we read about Parashat Shalach, the sin of the spies who had the land. And the nation was punished, the whole nation was punished 40 years in the desert because of these spies. Why? Why was the whole nation punished? So Rukhan Shemarev says, the roots of the sin of the spies. They spent 40 days touring the land of Israel, looking for bad things. Not one re- redeeming factor. The fruits were big, they said, the fruits are big because it's not a normal place. The people are giants, not a normal place. The people are burying their dead all the time. Wherever we went, there's funerals. Instead of saying, you know, God arranged funerals so that they wouldn't notice us. They couldn't find a single good thing to say. And when they saw everything negative, 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 they spoke bad about the land. They spoke about the land of Israel. And how we were punished 40 years in the desert. Terrible. And that day was Tisha B'Av. The day they came back and gave their false report was on Tisha B'Av. It says all the Jews cried. Hashem said, you cry for nothing, I'll give you something to cry about. Those are the day, that's the day in which two temples were destroyed because they cried, they spoke to Hashanah. And the Chavitz says, what about Miriam and Aaron? You know, Parashat Be'alotcha, at the end of Parashat Be'alotcha, which is the Parashat before the spies. Rashi says, the spies should have taken notice that Miriam and Aaron got punished for speaking to about their brother Moshe. So, this is this is a hundred times amazing. He says they should have given Moshe the benefit of the doubt. They thought Moshe had better divorced his wife for no reason. He's a prophet, so he divorced his wife. We're also prophets. We never divorced our spouses. They didn't realize the level of his prophecy. If they had given Moshe Abedi the benefit of the doubt, they would never have spoken bad about him. 
And that is something which we have to realize. Give people the benefit of the doubt. We won't speak bad about them. We won't speak Lashon Hara. We won't hate them. The temple wouldn't have been destroyed. If the spies would not have spoken Lashon Hara about the land, our temple would not be destroyed. There'd be no Tisha B'Av, no fasting, no mourning, no sitting on the floor. And we judge people favorably, judge Hashem favorably. They, want, they judge Hashem harshly. Why? They said Hashem took us out of the desert, out of Egypt to kill us in the desert. Terrible thing to say about God. And, and then they say, we wish we died in the desert. And Hashem said, you wish you died in the desert, it's going to happen to you. Never, never, never say anything bad. Never say anything bad. Never speak bad about oneself or anyone else because Hashem says, oh, you said it. It could be an angel around to say amen. So never say bad, never find bad. And that's amazing insight. So dispelling anger. How do you dispel anger? How do you control your feelings? And the answer is, if you find good about someone else, you won't feel anger towards them. You won't feel anything harsh about them. But as Rashi, we'll all be successful in our lives in this mission and get become this one of the signposts to holiness. And our temples will be rebuilt with our uh, favorable reports of other people and loving each other. Okay, take care, everyone. Shabbat Shalom, Yerushalayim, Yerakodesh, and next week, the last class in the summer. The last class of the summer, next week, please join me and tell your friends, the last class of the summer before Tisha B'Av. Obviously, we're talking about Tisha B'Av and the remedies for the situation. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.